Welcome to the Drop-Off. Epic conversations about the workforce of today and the talent of tomorrow. Featuring candid, pointed conversations with influential business leaders. Here's your host, Nicole Real. Thanks for tuning into the Drop-Off. I'm Nicole Real, and today I'm excited to welcome Brad Bussey, president of Bussey Ventures. Brad has supported Epic from the start, as he is a founding member, past board chair, and now serves as an emeritus board member. Brad's name and reputation for being a successful business leader who cares deeply for the community is widely known, and he is very involved in the Denver community and has served on the board for several private, for-profit, and social impact companies. Thank you for joining us today, Brad, and thank you for your support and commitment to Epic. Thank you, Nicole. All right. Well, we're going to start with a few uh, questions, and then we'll dive into more content further on. But first, I'd love for you to share with our audience a little bit about yourself. Can you tell us about your professional background and experience? Sure. Well, I was very fortunate to uh, come out to the uh, University of Denver. I was actually a swimmer, and so that grew up in the Chicago area and came to Denver and fell in love with uh, Colorado in general and decided I wanted to stay here if I could. And so I started my professional career in public accounting. It really had fantastic experience there with a company called Arthur Anderson. And uh, one of their clients was a big energy firm, which um, hired me away and gave me the opportunity to move into finance, which was a little more interesting to me than uh, than the accounting side of things. But I wouldn't give up my initial years in public accounting for anything. I got my uh, MBA while I was working at uh, a big energy firm called Petra Lewis and uh, moved on to a company called Daniels and Associates, a company that Bill Daniels um, started in 1958. He started an investment bank to uh, serve the cable television industry. And so I joined there in 1985 and a group of us bought it from Bill Daniels in 1990 and we grew it and diversified it. We were doing Merger and acquisition work, uh, we branched out into telecom, media, and technology and uh, had a great run with that. We uh, entered into a transaction with Royal Bank of Canada in 2007 and uh, uh, worked for RBC Capital Markets until 2014. And since then, I've been really um, on my own investing in private companies and trying to help uh, early stage companies, even those that I don't invest in, to help them uh, source capital. So it's been uh, kind of been a fun run uh, and takes me into my little bit of my passion of helping others. That's so cool. It's always great to hear about, you know, the, the professional journeys that our members have taken and mm-hmm. kind of the stops along the way, so to speak. Um, and I don't think we ever t- talked about this, but I was also a competitive swimmer for about 15 years. Oh, really? And, uh, we have a number of swimmers um, in the Epic membership. It's an interesting trend. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to investigate that. That's right. Awesome. Well, next question, you know, you've served and continue to serve on many boards, some of which have been appointed by previous governors, including governors Owens, Ritter, and Hickenlooper here in Colorado. Can you tell us more about your involvement in the community through your board memberships and appointments? Sure. Yeah, the work I did in, in investment banking, most of my clients were not in Colorado. I really were coast to coast, some international, but uh, really national in scope. And, you know, one of the things that I it actually through my involvement with United Way got to know my own community much better. And um, 
through a friend of mine, met Governor Owens, and Governor Owens asked me as uh, one of his guys was uh, put together a commission on science and technology. So I was fortunate to serve on uh, Governor Owens' commission for science and technology. You know, we may touch on it later, I'm sure, but um, kind of found my passion for early childhood education and care. Uh, Governor Ritter uh, pointed me to the his commission on early childhood education. I served on that and actually was then um, uh, reappointed by uh, Governor Hickenlooper. And uh, ultimately, our commission sunsetted into, and you know this more better than I do, Nicole. I think we're in the Department of Human Services. I don't know what the name is now, but it's it kind of got embedded there, which I was really excited to see because it's um, so important. Yeah, now it's the Early Childhood Leadership Commission. So yes, okay. um, it's been formalized. It's now embedded as you know, part of our state structure in federal reporting and uh, really oversight and advisory supports to now the Department of Early Childhood and also other departments in Colorado that have early childhood programs. So, you know, it really paved the pathway for um, a really great system and something that we still have today here in Colorado, too. I was delighted to see that happen to really kind of draw attention to how important uh, the issue is. I guess the only thing I would add to that in terms of some of my uh, nonprofit and, and civic services, uh, Governor Hickenlooper had a, a, a program he put together with business leaders where he asked all of us to serve uh, the state of Colorado for at least two years, either during our working career or shortly thereafter. And so I actually was on the board of, and I was, he appointed me to the board of clinical assurance and I was on the board for four years. Nice to provide that's uh, basically Pinnacle provides workers' comp insurance to uh, employees uh, in the state of Colorado. Well, I'd say you definitely lived up to your end of the deal on that two-year commitment <laughs> and even beyond. So thank you for all of the service that you've provided to our state and our communities as well, because these things don't happen without people who step up and and give their time and their expertise. You know, in talking about early care and education and really, you know, what piqued your interest and kind of developed your passion there, can you talk more about how you really became interested in that specific work around early care and education? And then, of course, we know you're also a founding member of the group that really started EPIC. So if you could, I'd love to have you walk us through how those early conversations started and really how a group of business leaders came together to start EPIC and really the work that's happening now, 14 years later. It really kind of started when I got more actively involved with United Way in the early 90s. You know, it was more as a, I was in the middle of my career and it was more as a donor than anything else. I was asked to make a larger gift and I was very supportive of United Way, but if I was going to make a really big gift, I wanted to make sure it, 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 it made a difference and, and kind of fit my passions. Uh, the staff at United Way really challenged me on what my passions were. And I guess as I thought about it, I feel like one of the things that is not fair in life is the situation you're born into. Some of us are born into it with more opportunities than others. And uh, every kid should have a young child should have a chance to succeed in life. And uh, those early years are so important. It kind of, of course, that became my passion is to give every kid a fair start as, as best we could. So that really was foundational in terms of my involvement with the United Way. I, I believed in the, 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 the 
broader mission as well, but that was the one that I was primarily focused on. And along the way, Christine Bonero uh, became uh, CEO of United Way in 2008. As you know, she's super connected in the community. And um, I had known Janice Sinden, who is, um, was the uh, chairing uh, Colorado Concern at the time. It's always my funny story to say that I actually introduced those two people who are two of the most hyper-connected people I know. You then know, you're the connector, too. Yeah. <laughs> we got together and, you know, Janice said, well, you know, the business leaders in the um, Colorado Concern need to, you know, be focused on something that's not just about business. Uh, it's got to be related to business, but not just about, you know, making themselves more profitable or whatever. And um, we came up, you know, started getting this idea of why not get business leaders involved in early childhood education? Well, at the same time, David Mirage was talking to, uh, I think it was uh, Governor Hickenlooper at the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, those conversations were going on. And of course, uh, that the, the uh, chair of Colorado Concern at that time was Dan Ritchie, and he was all in. So everything kind of converged at the same time, and it was very exciting uh, that um, you know we really had seven founding organizations and uh, the business people on the uh, initial board were related to those seven founding organizations. And so it was a real nice combination of um, having those, you know, Power All Concern, uh, Mile High United Way, Pat Hamill's Foundation, uh, David Mer the Mirage Foundation, the Colorado Children's Campaign. I'm going to miss a few. You've, you'll know the rest. You know, we really had people that were very active in this space and very knowledgeable, which gave the business leaders who had varying degrees of involvement in it. It was a very... Um, a synergistic uh, type of start. And, uh, you know, we had this vision of, uh, you know, have, having the business community give a voice to early childhood uh, because we felt it would be impactful on uh, the legislature and other elected officials and throughout the business community to really highlight how important this issue is. So delighted to see how it is has, has blossomed over the years. And uh, funny story, I think I told you was that uh, Dan Ritchie chaired the first meeting, and um, at the end of the meeting, he turned to me and he handed me the cap. He said, "Now your chair." <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we all pretty you, you much played his part, and then it was time for you to take over. <laughs> I was uh, honored to be chair for I think the better part of five years before handing it off to Greg Anthon. And we've gone on to to David Hammond, and now and now um, uh, Ryan Beiser, yep. yes, of course. So uh, it's just great to see us evolve. Yeah, well, and I think it speaks to the passion of the founders too, uh, with the fact that we still have pretty much everyone involved. You know, the yeah. same organizations and many of the same people are still involved today, and still very passionate about supporting the work and lending their voices and their uh, social credibility to this advocacy and this issue. So thank you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, speaking of this from a personal perspective, you know, you've you've had employees in the past and, and maybe currently as well. I know you have a family um, and I know at least one grandchild. So how have you seen the importance of early care and education play out for your past employees, your family members, those who are close to you over the years? 
Yeah, I mean, I think um been blessed that um in our organizations um that I was involved with, you know, people were well paid and could afford your early childhood uh, care. It's not inexpensive, as you know. And so, um, you know, there were people here and there that it was probably more about access versus uh, affordability, but obviously both are significant issues. You know, for, for the most part, the people that I worked with um, were able to navigate those challenges. Uh, my daughter does have a, a little boy who's 19 months now and you know she's starting to think about you know where he would go for early learning care and you know fortunately they're in a position to be able to uh, it is challenging to get into the better program setting costs aside uh, as you well know there's not great availability of not enough slots for enough kids and so you know, that's something that, you know, I think um, I really want to see is, uh, you know, and I know that's part of the work of that we're doing at Epic is to um, really expand and through the business community, the availability of childcare. Yeah. As you mentioned, supply is a major challenge and yep. it's an issue for pretty much everyone that has a young child right now. Uh, more of an issue, certainly for families who also have those financial barriers in place and, you know, can't afford uh, the really expensive care costs that we're seeing now. So, uh, you know, we're hoping and, and certainly I think are seeing the effects of the work that we're doing and, you know, excited to see new projects on the horizon and uh, employers, community partners, you know, lots of individuals and companies stepping up to really solve this together in Colorado. So speaking of Epic's work, you know, you mentioned earlier really how important it was to have business leaders and the private sector involved in this work. You know, speaking to business leaders today who are perhaps listening and, you know, maybe involved in some other community initiatives, why should they be interested in joining Epic, supporting this work? Why should they make Epic a priority in what they're doing from a community perspective? It not only is it the right thing to do, but I think it's really in uh, the business community's self-interest um, to uh, make sure that quality uh, early childhood care and education is available um, because that is uh, the future of our workforce. We want to home grow as many of our employees as we can as we look at it from a Colorado lens. You know, and I think secondly, too, is that um, their employees who have children, they are more effective if they know their child is in a safe place and thriving. It makes them a more balanced employee, if you will, or, you know, you know, be able to focus on their work, feel good about and, you know, to the extent that their employer would actually provide, which we're seeing more and more of it, to provide child care at their, in their own facilities. How great is that? You talk about a retention pool. Um, that's amazing. Everybody wins in that scenario. So uh, that's kind of the way I look at it. And I think uh, as business people get involved in Epic, it gives them not only uh, a better understanding of the issues, but also uh, helps increase our voice, those who can help us make a difference in terms of creating is early childhood care and education for many of our little ones in Colorado do. Yeah, and speaking of on-site child care, of course, we uh, both attended the grand, you know, uh, groundbreaking of the new Mile High United Way Early Care and Education Facility. 
you know, I know you've been involved with Malheinet Way for a number of years uh, as a partner, donor, board member. You know, what does it mean to you to see this type of work happening in the Mile High United Way building? Well, I'm thrilled. I mean, you know, that would probably be one of the highlights of, um, you know, what I've done is to the things I've been involved with. I mean, you know, to see, you know, I think my involvement with the Governor's Commission on Early Childhood really kind of made me understand the importance of the prison boy. And then to see that, you know, the creation of Epic and what Epic is now doing to help, you know, Unite Way and other businesses in the community be able to open child care centers, which is not an easy thing to do for many reasons. And um, I'm, I'm just thrilled. With we have organizations like Mile High United Way that are saying that they're doing it, not just for their employees, but for others in the community. I think it's a game changer potentially. And so I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Not just United Way, but uh, the way in which other businesses are embracing it. I totally agree with that word game changer. I think it it really does change the game for a lot of families and and a lot of people who are probably out of the workforce right now, too. Um, not by choice, but because they just don't have any other options. Right. But, you know, you've seen Colorado really evolve over the years with respect to investments in early care and education you know, what are you most proud of when you see all of the work that Colorado has accomplished over the years? And also, what are your thoughts on Colorado's new universal preschool program? Like, what, you know, what are your thoughts on how far we've come and, you know, maybe what's ahead of us, too? You know, full day K and now universal preschool. I mean, the more we can drive that down, you know, it, it gets to the affordability issue, right? So the the more that, you know, I think universal preschool is opens up that opportunities to others who wouldn't be able to afford that uh, type of quality care and education. So, I mean, I think that's a huge thing. Policy work that's been done over the years to get to this point and the support of Governor Polis to make this happen, um, I think is really a culmination of everything that I've been involved with from these commissions, the United Way to EPIC, you know, it takes everybody to work together on these things to make things like this happen. So to the extent that I don't know what we can do beyond uh, university preschool, but, you know, the, the, the earlier we can start with kids, the better, because it's there's plenty of scientific evidence that shows um, the earlier that children learn in a safe and um, uh, structured way, it, it directly relates. Um, you know, there are um, some of the school districts have given United Way access to tracking kids, and you can really see the difference of kids who are coming to kindergarten ready to learn at third grade. They're at reading level, and they have, uh, are able to carry that through. It, it directly relates to um, high school graduation rates and success in life. And so it goes back to my passion is, we got to get those kids showing up in kindergarten ready to go. And, it, and it's not just learning, it's being in a safe and environment where they uh, can be. Yeah, well, I think universal preschool and all of the great things we've been able to accomplish as a state has certainly been a long road that many have helped pave, including yourself. So it's great to see all that work done. And, you know, hopefully we'll be looking at even more investments in our youngest children, infants and toddlers and, you know, beyond in the future, too. So uh, I do think it's been one of those situations where now we've 
really had a lot more people realizing not only how important this is for children and their families, but of course, how important it is for our economy and our state as a whole, too. Uh, one of the silver linings of the pandemic, perhaps. So as you think about, you know, Epic's future five to 10 years from now, what do you hope our work will look like at Epic? What do you hope the business sector's work will look like with respect to supporting early care and education? Well, my hope would be is that we, you know, are able to get as many businesses involved. It's it's a goal that can never be met, but ideally every business would be represented or be involved with that um, because I think they can all benefit from it. And the more employers that have one or more of their employees involved with us, the more, the bigger the voice we have. This groundswell that we've tried to create, um, I think, we're no longer educating, we're doing. <laughs> and we're doing both right now. But I think, uh, you know, if we get to the point where it's just clearly understood the benefits of quality early childhood care and education, that then it's a question of, okay, how do we make sure that every kid has a chance? It's a lofty goal, but I, I think that um, I really hope that we can get to that point in the next five to 10 years where it's just universally known, uh, not just in the business community, but for all of our citizens. Well, I'll join you in putting that goal out there. So let's hope that um, that we can get every business and business leader involved. And I think widely not only educated on this issue, but like you said, involved in, in doing active things in the community to support it as well. So, you know, I know that uh, you've got a little bit more free time on your hands now. I know you do a little bit of traveling, but, uh, you know, anything that you're looking forward to this year uh, in 2023 or beyond or any other community projects you're super excited about? The, uh, you know, I think the exciting thing is the hope is that this early childhood center will open at Mile High and Highway this year. You're well aware of the challenging, the permitting challenging challenges uh, of getting that open, but um I think that would be a very exciting thing. I think that's frontmost in my mind. You know, I'm always um, pleased to hear of, uh, Nicola, you and your team uh, in terms of the other businesses uh, that you're working with, uh, you know, as we help others figure this out as well. So me, since this is my passion to see this roll out, um, see some meaningful things happen this year, it hopefully is just the start of any more great opportunities to come. Yeah, well, I know uh, both of us and many others will be thrilled when that facility does, in fact, open. And we could probably spend a whole podcast talking about <laughs> the challenges we have with zoning and building codes when it comes to yeah. child care developments. <laughs> Um, but that's certainly something that we are focused on still and are working on making progress with. Um, because, you know, there, it's important that we address a lot of these barriers. It's not an easy thing to do when you are trying to develop early care and education in our communities and support it financially, support the process, you know, jump through all of the, the hoops, so to speak. Um, so we're, we're definitely still focused on, you know, how we can make sure we're breaking down those barriers and making it easier as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brad, for your commitment to Epic's inception and moving forward as we continue to grow. We appreciate your time talking with us on the Drop-Off podcast. And thank you also for your service to the community and to early care and education. Well, thank you, Nicole, to you and your team for all you're doing uh, to advance uh, early childhood care and education in our state. I'm delighted to be involved. Thanks, Brad. 
The Drop-Off is a production of executives partnering to invest in children. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about our organization, visit coloradoepic.org.